I was so nervous. I, <laughs> I actually spoke to my mom about this because like, mom, like, what if she makes a move on me and it I'm not makes prepared? makes nervous how much your mom knew about <laughs> us. <laughs> I'm before, Italian. Before I had even like experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Italian. Like I'm, I'm bound well, to. Yeah, I mean, now I talk to your mom about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the currently unnamed podcast. Uh, we have yet to decide on the name. Um, granted, we filmed the first one yesterday, so... Haven't had a lot of time. No. So, mind you, the, the people listening, if they listen to the first one, to them, it's two days apart. This is Tuesday, Thursday. But that's still not a lot of time to discuss. So, yeah, I do have some topics prepared. Uh... Should but I be nervous? No, 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 no. Um, part of it was I wanted to go back in a conversation we had had a couple days ago about like the advancement of technology. And remember how we were discussing like how cinema is bound to go VR mm -hmm. and how one day we think it'll be like a, a goggle situation and, and whatnot. Yeah. So I got to thinking... And that day, you and I had also discussed how typically uh, the porn industry is what advances technology. Information that you provided. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I provided that. So for anyone that doesn't know, um, home home movies were originally just for pornography. Uh, and when things like uh, VHSs were first coming about, I, I'm not sure if there was a technology before that. I could be wrong. But when that sort of stuff was first coming out, it was pretty much seen as just for porn. Um, and the company that released the first Dirty Dancing, uh, they specialized in uh, VHS releases. I don't think for porn, I think it was just VHS releases, but they were kind of seen as like a lower tier company because they focused on straight to DVD, or I think they helped um movies go to dvd or sorry vhs I, I they they helped in that process so they were seen as a lower tier and then they decided to expand their portfolio they worked on dirty dancing blah 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 so the long story short porn changes the world so it advances technology advanced home movies uh first vhs's then dvds and then the internet happened so i would i would say porn probably helped things like youtube come about just because people wanted instant access to these videos um and probably it influenced why youtube's free because like the porn industry is free online right. for the most part so um but anyway so i'm fairly certain that uh vr will just continue to be advanced through the porn industry because i know that 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 is a space that exists um now that being said here's here's the actual like topic i wanted to ask you and th this is not in case my family is listening to this this is wow i look really large in this shirt <laughs> for anyone listening to the audio only i'm wearing a shirt three sizes too big and it makes me look like a picnic table um uh yeah so for anyone listening, this is not because I'm curious about uh, where Jesse d feels about this. This is just strictly out of curiosity. Do you think that watching VR porn is cheating? Cheating on your significant other? Yes. No. 
No. Okay. Huh. Really? You do you? A little. Really? Yeah. Um. I'd say watching porn is one thing, but experiencing it is another. I mean, I think if that's the length you're going to, you should probably have some conversations with your significant mm -hmm. other. Uh, I mean, hopefully when you're in a relationship, you don't need that. Right. One sec, you have, you have a hair going. Thank too. you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'd still rather my significant other do that than actually be with another person. That's fair. <laughs> I just... Uh, <clears throat> so, let me, let me ask this twofold then. So, would experiencing pre-recorded VR porn versus, um, I had heard through, remember those cut videos where they do like the fear pong and stuff? Yeah. I remember they had a, a, a gay couple on and one of them mentioned that there was a type of VR where, um, it was like a cam model and then there was a toy attached, uh, to both people. Um, now that is like an instant, like, Cy that's legitimate cyber sex right. i would say um would you deem that as cheating versus regular like pre-recorded vr more so yeah i don't know if like cheating is the word i would assign to that hmm. like i don't i don't think i'd be happy if i found out that that was happening because obviously then they're searching for something else right um I don't know. If 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 it were me, I would deem it as cheating. I would have an issue with that side of it. I'd say more so if it was um I don't know if there's VR I really don't know if there's VR porn for women. I I don't understand. I have not looked into it. Um <laughs> I need you to do your due diligence for me. <laughs> um but I, if I were a woman and I found out that my significant other was, was using that, I would probably feel a little scorned. Yeah. A little like, oh, that that's too much. You know what I mean? Um, but odd topic to start the podcast with. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure we may or may not have lost or gained uh, listeners based on whatever the hell I decide to title this, but um yeah i would definitely say that i'd consider it cheating but um well we'll be sure to steer clear of that yeah just make sure you, you know vr oh, porn for no, you just regular straight porn just regular straight porn <laughs> yeah i'm sure my parents will love to hear that <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything to say to my parents after that one kidding <laughs> <laughs> um Another topic I found, these are topics that I found on my phone from uh, a little while ago. At what point, now that we're done talking about uh, adult things, at what point did you realize that you were an adult? Like, when did you realize you were growing up? I still don't feel like an adult. Oh, no? <laughs> no. <laughs> huh. Um, I mean, I think adult pressures kind of set in by the end of high school. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I didn't really follow the typical path that people take. Fair. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I mean, being on my own when I first went to university, 
um, I guess made me feel more grown up. Right. Not so much in a good way. <laughs> right. Well, to, do you mind if I give a little bit of context there? No, it's fine. Um, so you went away to university. Uh, you were there for a month before you left? Mm, about yeah, a month so, and a half, yeah. Yeah, so you went away to university, were living away from home, and then you moved back, which I don't necessarily see as a negative. I personally don't, um, because university is a very expensive thing that if you're going to stick through it and you're really miserable, yeah. what's the point? I mean, I, I went into it not even knowing what I wanted to do. Right. Um. And I think it's really hard to stay focused when you have no end goal. Right. Especially because you're taking these courses that may or may not amount to anything. Exactly. Right. So yeah. that was, that was similar to me. I didn't go to post-secondary for five years after high school. And then when I did, I decided to go back for film. Um, I, w I went online and uh, I might have to bleep that out just because I don't want them uh, coming at me for money again. But <laughs> <laughs> but I had the issue of um, I I was really enjoying what I was doing, but it was all stuff that I had already been learning online on my own previously. So I thought, a I'm paying a lot monthly for this, and they're sending me like uh, film com not film com. Uh, Cinecom or whatever like like youtubers that i was already following right um i i follow them and yet somehow the names are escaping <laughs> me but uh like they'd even send me some corridor digital stuff i'm like dude i they, i've been watching this since high school i don't yeah. need to i don't need to watch this and then get graded on how i duplicate someone else's work so I dropped out and then they hit me up for money after and I'm like, okay, well, uh, screw you. It was a whole, I, I just got that resolved last summer. So that was like a two year ordeal of trying to get that resolved. Yeah. Well, my second university, it was four years after I dropped out that they came after me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesse went to a, another university after for and a week. for one week and they came at you four years later for how much money? Uh, it was a few grand. They, yeah. I think it was 30% of my tuition that they wanted. Yeah. Because I didn't drop out like two days earlier. Yeah. See, that's the kind of thing. That, I like... attended one class. Oh, jeez. That's the kind of thing, though. Like, I understand they're an establishment. And they've got rules and, and timelines and whatnot. But a couple days or, or like that that early on. And then why wait four years? Well, the main and... issue I had is that when i did go through it i put through an appeal and everything mm -hmm. and they told me it was approved oh when they came back at me i told them that and they said well we don't have any record of that so then when i actually contacted the school they're like well we don't have any record that you owe money <laughs> jeez well when i was when i was in school i had the issue of um i think i had until November whatever to drop out before I wouldn't be penalized for the next term because so my terms were only like three months because it was a much com much more compressed program mm -hmm. um I had until November whatever to uh I almost said divorce to drop out of the program and uh I I what was it? I got like a letter or an email saying your tuition rates are going to go up again so I started in April of that year, 
and I dropped out in December of that year. When I started in April, it was like $400 a month. By the time I dropped out, it was $800 a month. And it was bound to keep getting higher and higher. And, you know, I needed new textbooks after each course or after each term. So every three months, I'm buying new textbooks. And every three months, oh, by the way, you need new equipment. And by the way, you need new software. And by the way, you need new... Th I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm getting nothing out of this. So I got the letter in November that in December it would go up. So I reached out to my advisor and said, hey... Um, how do I either drop out or put a hold on my program? Uh, I got the response saying, uh, to put a hold on your program, it's $200 a month. I'm like, $200 a month to, to do what? To not go to school. Right. So he, he said, you can either hold it for $200 a month or drop out. Uh, so I asked to drop out and it was like on a Thursday afternoon or something or a Wednesday and then, oh, well, I'm not hearing back from him for a day. And, oh, well, you know, he's he's giving me all these options back and forth. And I keep repeating, I want to drop out. Well, it turned out that I was on the cusp of the deadline. Mm -hmm. So by the time that he finished, like, putting everything together, I owed money. And at first, it was, oh, you owe your tuition for this term. Uh, which would have been, I think they said 1500 bucks, which still didn't add up because 800 times three right. is not $1,500. Um, and then I was back and forth between my advisor, their finance, my advisor, their finance. And we went back and forth so many times. And eventually, uh, they said, okay, you owe us like two, $3,000. I'm like, uh, no, not paying it. Uh, I called um, student services there and they said, go to your bank. Uh, they were like, it's not, it, it's a pre-authorized debit transaction. Just get a new debit card and we can't do anything with it. So I got the new debit card and then I emailed the school. I let them know I was doing this. I emailed my advisor and the director of finance there. And I said, you know what, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I was advised to do by such such person mm -hmm. um i think i put the president of the school on the email and one other person i can't remember who and uh i'm definitely gonna have to bleep out their name yeah. uh <laughs> given the amount of information that i'm giving and i might take this school off my linkedin just in case um but uh yeah so i let them know here's what i'm doing here's who advised me to do it and they did not get back to me this was in december did not get back to me then in february i get a letter in the mail oh we're sending it to collections so i call director of finance she hung up on me call her back she hung up on me and then she's screening my calls all because i was asking her can i speak to your boss i don't have a boss i'm i'm I'm, I'm the head honcho here. I don't have a boss. I'm like, okay, well, you do. Everybody has a boss. Unless you run the school, you have a boss. Um, she kept denying it. Finally got through to the right person. So she was lying the whole time. And then that person was like, oh, the amount that they're telling you is wrong. You only owe like $700. So like, great. I'm still not paying the $700. <laughs> uh, she was, if you can find evidence of you trying to... Uh, trying to drop out ahead of the date 
we we can uh well i'll just waive the fee i was like well i'm sorry but it was all through phone calls like i i don't have i can give you dates that i called but i can't give you anything in writing um because i'll leave his name out um just did it all over the phone she was i'll put a hold on this for now we won't send it to collections and then we'll we'll discuss it later and then uh Two months down the road, I hear nothing. I get another letter that is going to collections. Send another email, and I was like, you know what? I'm not paying it. Yada, yada, yada. We go back and forth. They ignore me again. Eight months later, I get another thing. Four months after that, I get another. And it was always like back and forth arguing, and then they'd let it go. And then uh, summertime of last year, I was... Uh, I was at someone's shop, uh, the auto shop, and uh, I got I I had just that morning threatened legal action. I was like, I'm I'm done. I'm done arguing at this point. I'd rather pay thousands of dollars to a lawyer than actually deal with you ever again. Like if I if I get another letter, if this goes to collections. I'm not only coming after you for my legal fees, I'm coming after you for harassment, yada, yada, yada. I'm done. I'm not playing any games. Uh, within a couple hours of sending that, I get an email saying, so we met with the board of directors and we've decided out of the kind, literally out of the kindness of our hearts, we've decided to waive your fee. It took everything in me not to just write back, fuck you, because it was such a condescending letter are they supposed to send you letters saying that it's going to collections before it does yeah because you're supposed to give be given the opportunity to pay it ahead of time that would have been nice um i just got a call from a collections agency well what doesn't make sense about yours is they don't even have a record of you owing them money no the next time they call you let me answer well they What's haven't it? called me in like a year that's good been a long they time. might have just they because they technically sell the debt mm -hmm. um that collections agency probably went back to that university and was like oh she's ignoring us our contract's up and then the university probably was like who the fuck is this <laughs> they don't owe us anything um that's probably why you haven't i was got so confused when i got I that call, like four years later i was like what <laughs> was that when we first started hanging out because i remember yeah, was there was an time. issue yeah. um i re yeah I, I definitely remember talking about it um probably a week or two before we started dating actually mm -hmm. um that was like closer to the end of when they were bugging me oh okay yeah. okay i understand um yeah when it comes to post-secondary i I look to the, the countries that it's free and I wonder, and because there are economies from what I understand, and I could be completely ignorant to this, but I understand their economies are doing better than ours. Mm -hmm. I just wonder because Canada is a socialist country to an extent. Um, we are right. Yeah. Technically speaking. Yeah. So if we are the socialist country, why can't we look to other countries to do it well? Um, Granted, most of those countries, their minimum wage is higher. They help people get jobs, yada, yada, yada. I don't necessarily care too much about the minimum wage aspect, but just knowing that they pay higher, their economy's better, their rate of unemployment's lower. Um, and then there's Canada. And I feel like 
we live by the stereotype of we apologize for everything and um don't i feel like we don't get a lot done yeah like i look to what's going on in ontario right now with the teachers and the ontario government and i feel as if there's always conflict but never really any resolution and there's always the arbitrary apology but never really anything done about it i wish education was was either free or or subsidized more granted the the education i decided to take i couldn't get any sort of help from the government because it was uh, a private program which your sister actually warned me about uh two months before i actually entered the program because the day i met you she warned me i looked into it it's expensive and you can't get osap um i still blindly went into it um <laughs> but i just wonder if there's more that the country could do and i'm not trying to talk from like the snowflake millennial of well i just want everyone taking care school. yeah yeah i i just think that if if the economy is gonna say we want degrees to give you jobs well then help people get degrees yeah because i mean how many jobs can you get now without a degree or a diploma of some kind right my last one i got i to an extent was very lucky um i've made a good point of making relationships at every job that i've had and that blossomed into my my last job um which i had a good comfortable career there for for a number of years almost three years and it you know they looked past the fact that i didn't have a degree or, or any sort of diploma and i really do i appreciate that because now when i've been on job interviews since then that's like the number one question I've gotten mm -hmm. is why don't you have a degree? Would you be willing to go back? And I've, I've said yes with the intention that I would be willing to, if it was something I wanted to do. Right. Um, I personally, I, I enjoy the idea of working for myself. I enjoy being, having the flexible hours to do stuff like this. So if if I can continue to do it, I'm I'm going to continue to do it. But um, the fact that the the gateway for so many people is the diploma, it it kind of it hinders your ability to get quality um, candidates because mm -hmm. if you're only looking at this diploma, there's no practicality in a marketing diploma or marketing degree. No, and the issue is that a piece of paper saying you went to school doesn't really show what kind of worker you're going to be. It doesn't right. give you the actual experience that you need to move forward. Right. Like, you don't know what kind of employee you're getting just because they have a degree. Exactly. I I understand, like, the logic of, oh, well, it shows that they, they did something and they completed it. Well, what about being at a job for however many years yeah i mean i know people who completed university being drunk every single right. year that they were there like i mean right. it's yeah you got through it but it doesn't mean that they worked hard right and that's just it is there should almost be like an aptitude test for jobs rather than a uh rather than necessarily looking for degrees yeah i think if i were to ever hire someone i wouldn't i wouldn't care so much about the degree but i would put together some sort of aptitude right. test yeah um and i've had to take aptitude tests oddly enough for the video store i worked at right but um 
that helped weed out a lot of negative uh, candidates. Mind you, I failed the test the first time I took it. I just don't see how that much math is required. Oh man, that <laughs> test was ridiculous. So for this video store job, it was pretty much the the level of a high school exam completed in 40 minutes as the aptitude test. And every section was timed and you couldn't go beyond that time. So let's say there's four sections, five sections. Each section is 10 minutes long or, or however long. Some sections were five minutes long. And once you once that timer goes off, you have to move on. There's no there's no continuing unless you finish the next section early, and then you can go back. But there was an entire section on math, which in in what year did I get the job? Twenty fourteen. In twenty fourteen, to to not have access to a calculator on my phone in the store or on the computers that doesn't make sense so the fact that i needed to know how to do algebra long long division um multiplication which kind of it makes sense uh and then uh what are exponents called like what what type of math is it, is it just exponents i don't know it's been yeah. a long time <laughs> so yeah exponents um square root kind of stuff uh, and I failed mostly on the math portion. I'm, I am good at math, yeah. but having 10 minutes to do four or five long division questions and five multiplication questions, blah, 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 without a calculator. And I haven't done that since elementary That's school. I, was, I feel like you don't, you, after like what, fourth grade, you don't even do long division. Right. Like, <laughs> so at that point in time, I hadn't done it since in 10 years, I hadn't done it. And they're asking me to do it again. Um, so I failed the first time mostly because of that. I reapplied to the job. I really wanted to work at this place. Uh, I I think I applied the first time in 2012. Uh, oh, you know what? I technically applied there three times. So I failed the test the second time. Uh, the third time I got the job. But the first time I applied, there was this manager who I had heard horror stories of when I finally got the job she had since been fired so she interviewed me and the interview consisted of it was less than five minutes and I remember she said to me how's your family life which I've since learned through working a corporate job that that's not a question you can ask in an interview uh she said how's your family life what's your relationship like with your parents I was like great I have a great relationship with my parents uh and then the next question was something to the effect of where do you see yourself in five years? And every job interview I've ever had, except for the last job that I had, I used to always answer with retired. I always wanted to be financially retired, crazy young. Um, so I probably answered with that. And she said, okay, that's it. And walks away from me. Doesn't like two questions five minutes walks away i'm probably mid-sentence and she walked away uh so then i called back a few days later just to see okay what's going on uh if i can if i am being considered still right and i got her so when, at that job you had to answer with your first name so she answered the phone and then said yeah so uh 
uh, I spoke to so-and-so, she's not interested in you as a candidate. Spoke to so-and-so, do you mean spoke to yourself? Like, <laughs> that's just odd, and then hung up on me. Um, but I got the job years later, and I think ultimately it was that job and my last job in marketing that really formed my current work ethic because both uh elevated me in ways that no other job did um which is weird that a retail position <laughs> i feel like really really elevated me but uh that job was a lot of fun for a long time but it was it taught me a lot but even just how to interview so i was doing interviews there um and there was one of the questions in the interview was uh we, we had these little cards that had questions that we had to ask people. And um, one of the questions was, uh, who would you consider one of your role models? And it's funny because we always accepted interviews regardless of if we were hiring or not, because we always kept those people on file just in case. Mm -hmm. And there was this one day this guy came in really really rocked just the the introduction portion of himself when he told me he was looking for a job mm -hmm. and so I gave him an application I was gonna call him for an interview in my mind he was already hired and then this other guy came in and in my mind he was not hired because we had this dumb rule at that store that we couldn't have facial hair and this guy had a big beard and he he came in actually dressed very similar to how I am now. And I'm thinking as much as this guy seems like a really nice guy, I don't necessarily know if he'll fit their corporate like ideas. Um, but I, I still brought both of them in for an interview. Well, the guy that I liked showed up 15 minutes late and with a horrible attitude. We go to do our interview and rather than sitting down... This guy's leaning on the wall, one word answers, kind of like giving me a bit of attitude based on the questions. And then eventually he goes, so how much you get paid around here? Okay, well, maybe maybe this isn't the I candidate for like me. I feel like that's someone who's trying not to get at the job. Yeah, like, it's almost like he could have been, now that I think about it, he could have been on like EI and has to prove that he's getting job oh, interviews. Okay. Um but then the other guy came in and he rocked the interview. Uh, he, he ended up eventually getting the job. But I remember the question came up of who would you say is, is your role model? And I was sold. You're going to laugh at me when I say this, but I was sold the second he said Spider-Man. Um, I, I can't say that surprises me. No, but his answer astounded me. His answer was that Peter Parker being this masked vigilante at 15 16 years old proves that anyone can do anything regardless of their age race or gender and i was just blown away and he i'll never forget he was like uh it could be anyone under that mask it could be a man it could be a woman it could be a black kid it could be a white kid it doesn't matter it could be anyone under that mask and he chose to do the right thing with his abilities and the whole great power, great responsibility thing, as much as it's a cliche, he lives by that every day. And I was so blown away by someone who was able to take a superhero and apply it to real life so, so effortlessly.
You don't find that surprising at all? No. No. Don't. No. This is the room that I first tried to hold your hand in. And you pulled away. I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> you make me sound horrible. So, last, or I always say last year as if we've only been dating for a few months. <laughs> uh, a couple Halloweens ago, uh, we had tried to do a horror photo a week. I think that was the intention, but we only did two or three. Um and we did like a Stranger Things style shoot down here. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll throw the picture up for the people on the video podcast. Um, but it was it was more. I'll throw the video actually rather than the picture. Uh, it showed us as a couple, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I get to put my arm around her." <laughs> and uh, I, I think I noticed your fingertip that night that yeah. you're missing the tip. So I then tried to hold your hand as I'm like, "Oh, what's." Yeah, you were here? looking at it for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, that was a sign. You know how girls stare I remember at the lips. too after, yeah, <laughs> after you took the photo, you were sitting there with your arms still like behind me mm -hmm. for a solid like fifteen minutes just mm -hmm. talking, and I was like, okay, I didn't know what it meant. Oh but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just casually put my arm around random women. I don't know. When I first met you, all I heard about was all these girls that you were friends with. Okay, I thought you were going to make it sound like I've dated a lot of girls. No, okay. no, you have a lot of friends that are girls. Right. And so I didn't know if you were that friendly with all of them or... That's a valid question. It's <laughs> a valid question. That night you also asked me how many people I've dated. And I, technically speaking, I haven't dated like been boyfriend girlfriend with a lot of the girls in my life um but there were situationships along the way yeah um quite a few <laughs> <laughs> i would not say quite a few i would say uh i would say a a handful that have left a very deep impact on me as a man is that a good way to say it yeah but positive and negative uh, some of them taught me a lot about myself. Some of them taught me that, uh, they show me what I really don't want. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I could understand why you wouldn't be sure. <laughs> but, uh, the hand-holding should have been a giveaway. I didn't know how touchy-feely you were or how mm. flirty you were. <laughs> you were people. I didn't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> do you remember when you brought up that haunted house? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't quit at that point. So we're in the car. We're on our way to go thrift shopping. That day I happened to also buy you a locket that you were eyeing at a... At Value a, Village. Yeah. yeah. So we went to a Value Village. And Jesse's eyeing this locket. I was like, oh, I'll buy it for you then. <laughs> I'll buy it for you. Like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, it's just like, uh, it's to thank you for coming shopping with me. That but. <laughs> what an idiot I am, like, as if that's going to woo her in any way. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, you wear it from time to time. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, but uh, we left one value village, we're on our way to the other, and you're talking about this haunted house, and you were saying, oh, this one person that asked me to go, I don't want to go with them, because it requires... Because we had been arguing, yeah. and I didn't want to hold her hand. Yeah, yeah, Jesse's like, yeah, you, you've got to hold hands with people when you're at haunted houses. What was my response? 
I'll go with you. Yeah, immediately, <laughs> within seconds of her saying the hand-holding. Yet that wasn't a clue in to me wanting to date her. Well, to be fair, you led me to believe that you really liked horror movies and scary <laughs> things. That was a lie. <laughs> but as far as I was aware, you just really were excited to go to a haunted house. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> what gave you the impression I loved horror movies? <laughs> You asked me to watch them all the time. You bought them to watch them with me. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, I now own the complete Conjuring series <laughs> as an attempt to date Jesse. Um, you bought one that I already had. You weren't sure. And you I was didn't, like, <laughs> you didn't give me five minutes to look for it. <laughs> yeah, I ordered it on Amazon as we were talking. <laughs> And I paid, it was before I had Prime, so I paid for expedited oh, delivery <laughs> because I wanted to hang out with you that week. I'm like, I'm not waiting. I want that week. <sighs> that was, uh, that was the night that you said you left your hand out on my bed, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, we, oh man, when, when you said that we were watching the movies in your room, I was so nervous i i actually spoke to my mom about this because like mom like what if she makes a move on me and i'm it not makes prepared me nervous how much your mom knew about us <laughs> i'm before, italian before i had even like experienced it. <laughs> but i'm italian like i'm i'm bound well, to... yeah i mean now i talk to your mom about everything yeah um but uh yeah i talked to my mom about it. I'm like mom i don't know I don't know what to do. She makes a move and I'm not prepared for it. What if I, what if I make a mistake? And my mom goes, honestly, I don't think you have anything to worry about. <laughs> she's like, she's probably not going to make a move. <laughs> so that whole night I, we're, we're sitting in your bed. I'm like rigid. <laughs> and then I just had my hand just, just casually in the center of the bed, hoping that you got scared enough to take my hand, forgetting the fact that you've already seen all of these movies. Yeah. Um, we were literally watching them so that you would come to the nun the with nun me. with you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which, again, was me really... You treated me that night, too. I, uh, yeah, you've seen boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Conjuring movies are what ultimately brought us together because uh you had said something about wanting to see the nun in the d box the moving seats and uh, i was like i'll take i'll go with you i'll go with you uh in a heartbeat I've, i really want to yeah, see that I, I, i've been wanting to go like oh yeah like this catholic boy really wants to see something about a possessed nun yeah definitely my kind of the, movie the guy who won't even watch a ghost movie in his own house no because that is, that's opening a gateway or something i'm okay if it's at your house what are you gonna do if you ever get a role in a movie that's about <sighs> See, ghosts? what if you had to touch a ouija board for it oh no <laughs> i didn't think about that <laughs> oh no when i had my meeting with that agent she asked me do you have any limitations she said would you be okay playing a crackhead or a gay man or or any of these list of things i'm like yeah, yeah i've got no issue with it i didn't even think about being in a horror movie you're like yeah no i don't fuck with the spiritual shit <laughs> oh man what if they make me touch a ouija board mind you i haven't heard back from them yet so i'm assuming they're not taking me but i i do plan to go because 
the agent gave me a list of the yeah, directories. Yeah, I mean, you could very easily still get a role through a different agency or yeah. representing yourself. Yeah, she did tell me that a big Just part of... Just like, wear gloves. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. But wear gloves that you make that are designed to look like my hands. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we can fill them with, like, sage. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll just make prosthetic hands that I hold <laughs> off camera, and I move that shit around. I think it's going to look really natural. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she did give me the list of how to self-represent if they don't if they don't sign me. But on the plus side, she didn't say that they wouldn't sign me because of a lack of talent because she liked my cold read. She was very honest in the fact that she didn't like that I I didn't have any formal training, despite the fact that there's a theater background, theater and film are completely different. Mm -hmm. uh, so she, she said like, go get some training and then it's a different story. Also, if we have too many people that, that look like you, but she made it clear it wasn't a talent issue. It was just a lack of, experience issues so you know what i think would be great what if we made a horror movie um but so that you don't have to touch anything you know those little mini hands that yes use? we'll shoot on like a macro lens with the mini hands <laughs> but like no i think everything in the movie should be normal except for every time there's a close-up <laughs> of a hand it's the, the mini hand, hands. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been wanting to make a horror movie with you for a long time, especially because you had talked about how there's no real good alien movies. Mm -hmm. um, Very rare that there are, like, scary alien movies. Yeah, because they're kind of predictable. So I've been wanting for a little while to do it. I just need the budget. I have a concept in mind that I haven't, I haven't talked too much to you about just because it's so loose in my head. I like to stitch things together first mm -hmm. um but i'd love to if i had the budget so uh brand deals please <laughs> uh, buy ad space on this podcast uh i'm gonna i'm gonna start advertising myself on here mm -hmm. what were you about to say sorry interrupted oh i don't know oh, okay um but yeah i would love to make horror movies with you that'd be great that'd be awesome yeah as long as there's no ghosty shit you're limiting us though to slashers to monster movies to alien movies i would love to create my own monster That'd be cool. oh i think you'd be great at it <laughs> i just don't like the idea of uh you creating demons that involve me do it on your own time before you come into our home you have to sage yourself i'm genuinely surprised that you weren't scared off by my instagram before we started this um, the, honestly, there was a couple that was like, oh, fuck, why is she going to be so weird? <laughs> um, that specifically the one where you've got the cross burned into your face. Yeah, that was a vampire one. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Oh, wow. Um, I liked it on Instagram. Yeah, I didn't did. like it with my heart. Right. Um. <laughs> you lied to me. Exactly. That's what every man's got to do to, to seal the well, deal. I got the idea from someone else. So, um, you know, blame them yeah um the... looked cool though didn't it yeah yeah it did <laughs> the microphone just died so we're gonna cut to that audio oh, um okay. it's odd that it died i hope that it saved all of that audio otherwise we're gonna go with entirely this but uh uh yeah it did look really cool um you totally oh, i feel so weird not being able to hear my voice anymore um <laughs> it did look really cool it was interesting you grayed out your skin yeah yeah i'm gonna throw the photo up here on the on the video but uh yeah you 
it looked very real, which I think is why I didn't appreciate the, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the cross burned into your face. I liked doing things that I didn't see a lot of. Right. Can um, you just say that you got the idea from someone else? I did, but it was like, I thought it looked really unique. Oh, I see. You know, I hadn't seen others like that. I don't yeah. like following the trends that everyone tries because That's fair. as much as you can make it your own, I just got bored with it. That's fair. Like, I, and I know that you, um, stubborn's the wrong word, um, but you do stand your ground with that because you and I have even talked about how to build your, your brand as a makeup artist and you've stood your ground about not wanting to follow the trends which i i can appreciate the integrity i mean that's i think that kind of came from that i never planned to um use social media Fair. to grow as a makeup artist like i really just wanted to go into film immediately mm -hmm. um so like i wasn't really interested in uh that kind of stuff right um, I much preferred just watching like special features on horror movies and learning how they did stuff mm -hmm. and like thinking about how I could do that kind of stuff. So, right. It's a little different. Yeah. Social media is a different space though, too, because there's a lot of special effects artists and obviously there, there's gotta be someone who's setting a trend. Mm -hmm. So that could very well be something that you're doing and even we're just doing whatever it is that you want to do. Um, but that's where someone like me struggles because I used to, when it came to photography, I did whatever I wanted and my Instagram was growing consistently. The second I started like, oh, I want to do more portraits. My audience was solely like product shots or landscape. I deleted my entire portfolio, started with portraits. I struggled to grow, but it was growing consistently. Um, but then I found that I more so just wanted to follow the trends because I, that's something I, I lack when it comes to my own growth is a little bit of integrity. I wouldn't say that I, I have the most integrity with that stuff. I, I don't, to me, I'm a numbers person. I like to see the metrics growing and uh, regardless of how I do it. So if, if I'm growing in a way that, uh, is following the trend even if it's something that i'm not 100 percent invested in like you and i had talked remember when i really wanted to do boudoir stuff yeah. which i'm still open to if there's a, a monetary gain to it i don't want it it's not something that i find like super fun or cutting edge because everyone does it now right if there's a monetary gain and there's a, a, a business benefit to doing it i would do it um but I mostly wanted to because I saw the money in that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something, too, that's difficult to really build a brand around because there's so many people doing it. Right. Um, and now there's... Uh, it's more about the models themselves. Like, the photographers do well, but the, the models themselves are the ones who can rake in the money. Yeah. Because they can start an OnlyFans account and make a million dollars. Right. <clears throat> pretty woman we'll have to work as a team on that one exactly i'll just take nudie photos of you and post them on the internet i don't know if people are actually gonna want to look at that um i'm sure they would <laughs> watch if this podcast blows up you might suddenly get an influx of instagram followers and 
they might be begging for they might be they might be begging for an OnlyFans account. <laughs> um, well, it's been fifty one minutes, so just so we're not spending too much time with uh, lesser quality audio, I say we cut the podcast now. That's good. Um, thank you, listeners, whoever lasted this long in the podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, Jesse's Instagram is Jesse Mailer. Yep. Um, do you have any duplicate letters in there or is no. it just Jesse? Okay. <laughs> um, Jesse Naylor is her Instagram. Mine is, I think it's just Michael Comperoni. My TikTok, I think it's Michael Comperoni. My Twitter is Mike Comperoni. Just search my name. You'll find me. Uh, make sure to follow us on all platforms and subscribe and brands hit us up. <laughs> we love money. All right. <laughs> see ya.